Welcome to the Health Leaders Podcast, the place for peer-sourced and solution-focused insights for healthcare executives with new episodes airing every Tuesday. I'm Amanda Norris, and I'm the Revenue Cycle Editor for Health Leaders. Today, I'm here to chat with Jorg Schwartz, Senior Director of Healthcare Interoperability, Solutions, and Strategy at Infor, about the importance of reshaping healthcare through data interoperability. Thank you so much for joining me, Jorg. It's such a pleasure to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much, Amanda. I'm glad to be here. Of course. So consumerism is a big topic in healthcare. Why is it so difficult for healthcare organizations to create a consumer-friendly experience? And how can modern interoperability address this? Yeah, uh, I will be a little bit technical in my response. I think one of the reasons why it is hard with the current healthcare infrastructure to be consumer-friendly is uh, that the current interoperability standard HL7V2 was created in the 1990s and it's a broadcast standard. So whenever information is generated, it is broadcast and then captured and stored and forwarded. For an interactive experience, you do need a different interactivity standard that allows, you know, when when a consumer logs in uh, to request certain types of information and get a response to this uh, right away. In other words, we do need an interactive consumer or user-driven interoperability standard. And we do have that with HL7 Fire, which is a newer standard that was developed and uh, enacted about 10 years ago. And so this standard allows that interactivity, but it is um, not very widely adopted right now. Um, Probably 5% or so of transactions are transacted in FHIR. The majority is still in HL7v2. So we have to go through a modernization of the infrastructure in order to make this happen. Recently, billing and price transparency to prevent surprise medical bills has gotten a lot of press. How can interoperability help hospital systems address these issues? Yeah, there's uh, several aspects uh, to answer your question. I think one of the reasons why hospitals are struggling with price transparency is that they oftentimes don't exactly know what their cost is. You know, part of price transparency is that you know what your costs are. And that is oftentimes hard for hospitals because the costs are in different data silos, for example, the cost for HR, for human resources is in the workforce management system, Uh, the cost for uh, supplies is in the contract management uh, system and supply chain system, and so on and so forth. So you do need interoperability between these operational systems. That's number one. The second part and the most frustrating parts for consumers is that hospitals uh, subcontract outside providers like anesthesiologists, and these anesthesiologists build the consumer directly after a procedure has been done. Uh, So the way interoperability can help uh, is when a consumer is asking prior to a surgery for a price, we can uh, facilitate an inquiry to the providers uh, that are subcontracted. They can provide the price so the hospital can put together a good faith estimate. But I think the long-term solution is that those uh, providers need to be contracted by the hospital 
and that cost uh, for those subcontractors can be basically incorporated in the uh, cost analysis and then the hospital can really truly identify what the cost for standard procedure is and then communicate that cost uh, through their price transparency disclosures uh, to the consumers. Right, that makes sense. So many hospitals are currently facing financial hardships. So in what way can this help to streamline hospital operations to reduce cost, supply and personnel shortages? Yeah, that is a very loaded question. Uh, it is true that many hospitals are currently facing financial hardships. Uh, COVID, much to the surprise of many uh, people that are not hospital insiders, actually created a lot of problems for hospitals because um, elective procedures that oftentimes generate a lot of revenue for hospitals uh, have been postponed and um have been replaced by emergency services that are not as profitable and don't generate as much revenue. So yeah, that's, that is a problem for hospitals and uh, that needs to be addressed. The other problem was that during COVID, hospitals had to spend a lot of money on personnel. A lot of people have heard about the traveling nurses. Uh, they had uh, staffing issues and so they had to hire traveling nurses. Oftentimes, these nurses come at a cost that is uh, multiple times, three or five times higher than a regular nurse. So the first thing uh, that hospitals can do is improve their personnel planning. Uh, interoperability can help with this. We are working, for example, on modules that help to do predictive analysis and predict the workload so that um, the hospital can better staff their workforce. This has two effects. A, it, it helps to uh, smooth out a work overload and extra hours uh, over time that the hospitals have to pay and it also improves uh, nurse uh, satisfaction because if they can better plan uh, their work schedule uh, it's more likely that they are satisfied and that they stay with an employer so you, you can address two problems at once if you do a better demand forecasting and interoperability plays a role because you do use uh, clinical data as a input parameter for that demand forecast. The same thing is on the supply side. Uh, obviously, uh, that's a source where hospitals can save money. During the pandemic, oftentimes they ran out of supplies and so they uh, stocked and overstocked uh, supplies. Uh, sometimes the supplies are not in the right spot. We see that a lot of hospitals are spending a lot on supplies right now because uh, there were a lot of emergency purchases. So again, the way you can address that is with better demand planning and forecasting of supplies. And we support that. Again, interoperability plays a role here because we bring together data from the clinical side that is used to predict uh, supplies and automatically uh, deplete supplies uh, so that it can be restocked in time and you don't have any emergencies or supply shortages that, that are costly to address. So yes, interoperability can play a role in helping hospitals to address their operational issues right now. You mentioned the clinical data. What are the biggest opportunities for healthcare that can be unlocked through better use of this clinical data? 
Yeah, there's a lot of aspects how clinical data can be used better. I mentioned already two examples. Uh, we can use clinical data to predict uh, supply needs, uh, and that has implications on improving the supply side. Uh, improving also your cost side. If you uh, make sure that you know exactly what is utilized, you get better utilization rates, you can get better economies of scale and uh, improve your purchasing side. So these are, these are operational savings and clinical data is both a source of the usage of uh, those supplies and a predictor of uh, which supplies you will need. And then on the um, workforce management planning side, I also mentioned how we can use clinical data to predict uh, the workload for staff. But beyond that, clinical data can also um, be used, of course, to improve uh, the care delivery itself. Oftentimes, you can, for example, mine the clinical data to identify at-risk uh, populations. A lot of hospital systems are going into value-based care, and so they mine um, the data of the patients and the population that they're managing to identify which populations are at risk and then utilize this information to provide a better preventive care, keeping keep people out of the hospital, keeping people from decreasing health and uh, developing uh, severe issues. So these are very concrete uses of clinical data. And then the fourth block is for clinical research where clinical data can be used, for example, in de-identified form to improve, for example, matching of diseases and pharmaceuticals, or you can even match uh, patients into clinical trials. So I would say these are the four blocks, two of them operational and two of them uh, really for care delivery and clinical research in which clinical data can be used nowadays by organizations. Great. Well, thank you. That's all the time we have for today, unfortunately. But thank you so much for joining me, Jorg, and sharing all of this with us. Thank you for the really great questions, Amanda. All right. Well, this brings us to the end of our show. Thank you for listening to the Health Leaders Podcast. We'll be back next Tuesday with more healthcare industry insights.